We'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for February 5th, 2024. Um, I have probably way more content today that I can possibly cover. I'm going to try to get as far into it as I can. I'll go ahead and open us up with the um, strategic warfare prayer. Father God in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against and oppose all satanic operations, manipulations, subversions, tactics, and plans which are designed to hinder or, pre or prevent God's original plans and purposes from the swift manifestation taking place in the correct time and season. We come against all satanic alliances and confederations worldwide. Let every evil effort and endeavor fail. Cause the news media to be caught in their own lying and manipulation so that, that only truth can be brought forth. We ask that every satanic strategy of prohibition and limitation placed upon the body of Christ by the dark side shall not prevail and be defeated. We pray that all invisible and visible walls of opposition, restriction, and delay will be exposed and destroyed. O Lord, confound the devices and the wicked plans of the enemy that they have crafted so that their hands are not able to perform their evil enterprise. Save those that can be saved, O Lord, but those that cannot be saved, overtake them in their own crafty and devious ways. Let them fall into their own pits that they have dug for, for the righteous. Let the fire of God devour them. Let them turn on and consume one another and have them in total confusion and derision. We loose the hosts of heaven to war against the hosts of darkness to bring an end to all deceptive and secretive destructive measures designed to destroy all of God's creation and defile the world. According to 1 John 3, 8, for this reason was the Son of God made manifest that he would destroy the works of the enemy. Father God, overrule all strategies and tactics and curses above the enemy by the power of, the, of Jesus Christ and his shed blood and overthrow all spoken words, enchantments, divinations, spells, hexes, vexes, curses, witchcraft, prayers, and every idle word spoken contrary to God's original plans and purposes according to Isaiah 54, 17, and break the curses associated with all these ceremonies, rituals, utterances, and destroy their plans to bring about a chaotic, bloody revolution in worldwide and usher in martial law and the new world order. Father God, we pray their plans shall be uncovered and shall not prevail and shall be frustrated and unable to achieve any impact and that their wickedness and violent verbal dealings would return upon their own heads, according to Psalm 716. Father God, we humbly ask you to reveal every hidden agenda plan and cover up in the secret shadow government regarding their attempts to manipulate end-time events which would lead to the destruction of your Christians and the innocent. Please send divine, powerful, angelic forces against their diabolical plans to expose and destroy them. We dispatch legions of warring angels and any other kind of angels necessary to enforce your perfect will on the United States of America and upon all the earth. Release your divine strategies or revelations upon any righteous person in government worldwide. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and cause your divine wisdom and courage to come upon them. Cause them to be like a holy trumpet, shedding light upon the dark hidden secrets of the wicked. Send a spirit of confusion amongst the camp of the enemy. Let their tongues be divided, and when they communicate, let it be incoherent and misunderstood. Arrest those that operate in the spirit of Jezebel or Belial in all other wicked spirits and cause them to be caught in their own lies and conspiracies. Let them not be able to resist the spirit of truth or gain any ground in the natural or spiritual realm. Cause every evil spirit that is released from their diabolical assignments to be cast into the abyss, until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire, and that none would be able to come to take their place. Please cause these prayers and all future prayers to take on the characteristics of divine projectiles in the realm of the spirit so that they will accomplish your divine will. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Okay, so we'll go ahead and get into the teaching now. I saw this video yesterday and I played it and it's a really important good video for Christians to keep in mind. But I also think that if you just listen to this video in isolation of the other scriptures, this will come away as you will potentially feel very um, 
overwhelmed. And this is why I think it's so important to take <clears throat> all the scriptures into account whenever you're interpreting, interpreting Bible verses and not to isolate things and then just drive a point home to the exclusion of other scriptures. And those other scriptures, I'm going to try to cover that a little bit. But before we get into it, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 31 through 32, for if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. So the Bible says, of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, you are bastards. A bastard is an illegitimate son. Uh, chastisement is like discipline, like spanking your child, that type of thing. So if you're a child of God and you're doing something, let's say habitual repetitive sin, um, and you are saved, you are going to be chastened of God. If you're not, that's a very strong evidence that you're not saved because a bastard is an illegitimate son that's not going to have anything to do with the father, in other words. So I think that's that concept is very important to keep in mind when we talk about the subject. And I do think this subject is important, and there's a lot of truth in this video, but I almost feel like I want to um, also interject other scriptures so we can keep some balance with this whole thing that this with this whole subject it's not very long um the video itself why judgment day will be harsher for you than others any discussion about the day of judgment is usually fearful however it becomes scarier when you get to know that the day of judgment will be harsher for you than others that is the truth this is not in any way to instill fear into us but to prepare us for well, okay but what if you have done the lord's will in your life what if you have been faithful with the gifts you've been given why are you going to be judged harsher than others if you've actually done that and i don't mean living in sinless perfection but the tone of the whole video and again i think this is super important this is mentioned but i also think that you know there are videos up there that you listen to them and if you just listen to these in isolation it's going to be like why 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 do I, why do I even bother you know because i can't i can't live up to this standard that this is actually setting forth so you just kind of want people to be in bear, bear bear that in mind for the coming of the lord for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required yes look at luke chapter 12 here, Jesus is telling a parable to tell people what it's going to be like when he comes back. Essentially, what he says is the people who had greater knowledge and did evil, they will be beaten with many blows. But the people who had lesser knowledge and did evil will be beaten with fewer blows. So if they've, if they've had great knowledge, you know, and done evil, they will be beaten, beaten with many blows and that type of thing. Brothers and sisters, judgment will be harsher for those who know than those who don't know. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 through 48. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants, who the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. 
And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not suffered his laws to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord. And that could just mean you die. You know what I mean? You, you, we don't know when that appointed time is. And then you would be, you'd be faced with that, that type of thing, what he's talking about here. So it doesn't necessarily mean, I don't want to get into like a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib type of rapture debate here. Um, Speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with unbelievers. Here is the Bible verses I want you to focus on. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. In the generation we live, we have been given a lot. We have the ability to type in one verse on YouTube, and we will be met by literally thousands of hours of videos expanding on that one verse. <clears throat> As a whole, the general knowledge of the Word of God right now is higher than any other point in human history. Do you understand that? For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. Our knowledge of the Word of God even exceeds the Apostles. They only wrote sections of the scriptures, but we have access to the complete word of God. And, they, and there were huge swaths and times when somebody could go their whole life and not even, you know, <clears throat> see a Bible. I, I understand that that can happen now as well. Uh, it's just that, you know, the advent of the printing press and that whole thing and, and that for a long time, that was not the case. Okay. And so um, that's something to also consider didn't have access to the complete word of God. Brothers and sisters, I say this kindly, judgment for you will be a lot harsher than others. Now, do you know what he it... He means, I think, in that regard, people in times past that didn't may not have even had access to the scriptures or only small parts of it or this type of thing. In other words, because we've been put in a time where we ha can have an influence on other people, probably like no other time. The potential to influence other people is greater in this time than I, than probably in any other time, depending on what situation that you're in. Uh, I mean, 
you look at the apostles, they could really only interact with people one-on-one. -on -one. And now it's possible to, on an everyday basis, where you could actually influence thousands and thousands of other people through well, podcasts or social media or, let's say, a televised church sermon or something of that nature. That That's the point there. A sobering thought for me as an individual. I am a teacher of the word, and just like you, my judgment will be harsher than others. James chapter 3 verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And this is why I'm very cognizant of that fact with myself. I mean, and, and to always try to not put a stumbling block before my brother or sister. That's that's a really huge thing to not do. <laughs> uh, now, granted, we, we none of us want to do that. None of us want to put a stumbling block um, before our our brother or sister and in, in, in creating them a problem or creating them conflicts that, that don't need to be there because of something we did. This is a verse that puts the fear of God into my life, and it should also do so to other teachers. God will judge us on the last day with special strictness on account of our influence over others. It is easy to take the position of a teacher lightly without considering the cost and I have no idea why he's got a picture of a priest here in a pulpit preaching with a cross around his neck. I have no idea why he's got... I don't know what exactly their total theology is, but I do think with this video, there is a lot to consider as well. ...of accountability. So I know my judgment will be harsher. And if you are also a teacher, or if you have any platform to reach people, whether it may be digital or a physical church congregation, your judgment will be stricter. Even if you are not a teacher, nevertheless, you have access to so many biblical resources. I want to remind you, your judgment will be harsher. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, remember this when you live your life. Remember that each day you are moving towards a day where you will have to give account of your life. Remember, remember, I encourage you to live a holy life. This sermon is as much for you as it is for me. This sermon is for this generation that has been given a lot. Much will be required of us. Live a holy life. Live a righteous life. Live a pure life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 19 through 20, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom and, of And that's basically putting a stumbling block before your brother or sister, that, that concept that he just talked about there. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except for righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter in the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees are observers of the law, and they are good at it, so to say. However, Jesus stated in very clear terms that if our righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, we will not be able to enter in heaven. The reason is because... Now again, I don't want to get into, into a... Uh, we're teetering here and getting into works-based salvation with, with 
just isolating scripture like that. You look at the Pharisees and Sadducees and they were um, rebuked over and over and over by Jesus, basically for being fake and phony, basically for having a semblance of religion, but it was false. It was all for show. And greed was an, a, a gigantic, narcissism and greed was a gigantic motivator to have the uppermost seats in the synagogue and in, but he called them white and sepulchers full of dead man's bones and like a tomb full of dead man's bones. He called them serpents and vipers. It's the only time he used those expressions. So bear that in mind as well. And I'm, I don't want to get this. It's very easy to turn this into, okay, I'm earning my way into heaven. Now you only trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, his finished work on the cross period. Okay. But again, Playing clips like this is a teaching moment because um, I, th I just think it's important to be able to say, okay, well, let's balance this out with all of scripture as well. But I do think this is an important subject at the same time. Righteousness of the law is not the highest form of righteousness. The Pharisees only had the righteousness of the law, which cannot save anyone because it is a form of righteousness sought through the works of the flesh and not by faith in the finished works of Christ. Right. But Christ has called us to a higher form of righteousness. Therefore, he expects us to be more righteous than the Pharisees. The standard of God for believers in the New Testament didn't get lower. Rather, it was upgraded. There is a higher demand of holiness from us. My heart hurts for those who believe in false doctrines and leverage on the grace and mercy of God to practice sin. The grace and mercy of God is not a license to sin. James chapter 4 verse 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now we have been enlightened. We know what God requires from us. We know that he demands holiness from us. With all the biblical teachings we have received, we know the instructions of God for our living. But if we fail to do them, then we are guilty of sin. Anyone who knows what is good but fails to do them will face a harsher judgment on the last day. Believers know what is good because the Bible states it explicitly. The word of God is given to guide our lifestyles, thoughts, words, and actions. It reflects the mind of God for us. If we go against the word of God, it means we are defiant to his laws and commands. The higher you go with God, the more careful you should be. The more you know about God, the greater risk you stand when you commit sin. I am here to remind you, brothers and sisters, not only to remind you, but to encourage you. Live a holy life. When you read the word of God, your knowledge of God is increasing. When you watch videos like this, your knowledge of God is increasing. I encourage you to live a holy life. History is not stationary. Our lives are not stationary. We are all moving along a line. From the second you were born, you started moving on that line. And at the end of that line is death. And what follows straight after death is judgment. So... I implore you. I plead with now, you. I don't I don't know about that. I'm, I don't know. Are we going to go right to the judgment seat of Christ at that point? And we're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. So I don't think you automatically, when you die, you go right into judgment. Okay. I, I, I don't see Bible for that. 
Uh, I mean, yes, there's a point in a man wants to die now for this a judgment. I guess, yeah, you could use that verse. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think that there's a little bit of debate as far as when that exactly occurs. And in heaven, there's no such thing really as time. Time is something that is created for earth and this timeline that we're in. So, anyway. Brothers and sisters, I beg you. Live each day knowing that one day I will have to give account for my life. If you live each day with this in your mind, you will find yourself saying no to sin. You will find yourself saying no to unrighteousness. You will find yourself saying no to impurity. You will find yourself saying no to adultery. You will find yourself saying no to sexual immorality. You will find yourself saying no to perversion, no to lust. No to stealing, lying, corruption, degradation, filth, and all kinds of sin. Okay, so we have that. Um, now, also though, I think that listening to something like that, you can just feel, a lot of people just makes, would make them feel potentially hopeless. Um, and... I think it's important to balance out those scriptures with other scriptures as well because all scripture is important for doctrine and reproof and these types of things and this type of thing. So, Bible verses on living in sinless perfection. Should we strive toward living in sinless? Sure, 100%. And we don't have a license to sin. But like Romans 7, Paul, possibly the greatest of all apostles, said, Romans 7, 23 through 25, but I see another law in my members, meaning like in my body, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now that doesn't mean he's striving to sin or there's some excuse there. It's just this constant battle. And basically I've heard it, it it's like two dogs, it, it like a black dog and a white dog and whatever one you feed the most, that's the one that prevails. Well, that's kind of like this thing. If if you're in the word a lot, you're reading the Bible and you're, and you're drawing close to God and you're listening to like praise and worship, stuff like that, fasting. Well, you're going to be feeding the white dog. And I don't mean this, that's kind of a bad expression, but you're, you're basically going to be feeding your own spirit um, and your own reborn spirit, okay, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're strengthening your spirit. And therefore that gives you the ability to prevail over the carnal man over the other um thing that's that's the this uh warring against the law of, of my mind bringing me into captivity the law of sin which is in my members you can you can have victory over that but the problem is is that never goes away until you know we're dead <laughs> that battle's always there you know and Taylor just had a comment. She said, "Video. The thing is, is with videos like that, 
and with a lot of those videos or those types of teachings, it's not what they're saying, it's what they don't say. And you've heard me say that expression many, many times. Now, a lot of times it's in reference to like, I'm listening to Christian radio and they're all syrupy sweet and all this other stuff. And a lot of times I, I don't have a problem with what they're saying, but it's what they never say. Like, why didn't you warn the flock about the COVID-19 vaccine kill shots that are defiling people's DNA? Why, why couldn't you have done that? Why aren't you warning people about all these charlatans that are out in the world, fleecing the flock, hirelings that have no true love for the sheep? Why aren't you why aren't you warning about the whole 501c3 corporate system that which is yoked up with the wicked government which is going to lead us into the new world order where they're going to have a one world religion under antichrist and false prophet why aren't you warning about that because you know why because you're part of it you're part of it so you're not going to you're not going to warn about it at all and that's why this ministry exists to hopefully fill in the gaps to as as a watchman type thing but gee um but Taylor was saying that, you know, why can't they also emphasize that your motivation for doing right, doing good, keeping God's commandments is because you love Jesus Christ. That that should be the main factor that's motivating you as opposed to fear, fear of hell. And in fear, I mean, yeah, you should fear God, true, but I would, wouldn't you think that Jesus would rather us do right because we love him? Or would you, do you think that Jesus wants to do right because we just fear him and we're so afraid we're going to get thrown into hellfire and miss the kingdom of God? If you were a parent and you had a child, what would you choose? Seriously, I mean, I, I, I don't want to have somebody like wanting, loving me because they're so afraid of me. Because they're so afraid I'm going to, whatever. I mean, I'm just saying. T Taylor just added that she just feels like that having a love for Jesus is a far greater, better, greater motivator. Or it should be than just fearing God's going to throw you into hellfire. Which you listen to a video like that and that's the overriding thing that a lot of people will come away with. Um... I've had my share and experiences with that type of mindset. I've, I, in fact, I've, I've struggled a lot with that in, in the past. In, in, um, I have a tendency to have a weakness in that area regarding that. Um, so I'm not, I'm not over here judging anybody. Okay. About any of that stuff. Um, but I thought that that's why it was important for me to kind of, when I heard that, I'm like, this is important what he's talking about and yeah it is true but let's also fill in the gaps let's also talk about the love of jesus christ and let's talk about the positive aspect i mean what if you do right and what if you do god's will and, and i'm not saying that means you're living in sinless i mean are we gonna have the way he talked it's like you know unless you do everything right you know you, you're gonna you're gonna get it you're gonna have it really coming to you boy i mean there are people that are going to um, be rewarded in heaven for doing the right thing. Doesn't mean they lived in perfect, sinless perfection either. I mean, Paul says it right here. Um, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? And he was quite possibly the greatest apostle ever who said that. I think he's going to have some rewards in heaven. <laughs> you know? I mean, obviously I'm being tongue-in-cheek there, but... Um, 
I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but the flesh, but with the flesh the law of sin. For there is not a just man. Okay, no, this is Ecclesiastes 7.20, Old Testament. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and that sinneth not. Wrote by, you know, the wisest man who ever lived outside of Jesus Christ. Now, I know he got off in the left field there. Um, but just saying. Uh, all right, let's go further. Proverbs 24.9. The thought of foolishness is sin. So just the thought of foolishness is sin. Um, and then 1 John 1.8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's something that's pretty much, for me, daily thing, you know. Um, but that's something to, to definitely bear in mind, Okay. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That doesn't give us a license to sin, but that that's there, okay? Uh, and then the next verse, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, this is to, this is to save people, okay? So the point is, while we strive for perfection and we don't have a license to sin, when we do sin, hopefully we repent as soon as possible and ask forgiveness, which keeps our connection with God at an optimum. Um, also, I found this. It's an excellent in explaining the subject. And it's a, it's a report. If you are a Christian, does it mean you don't sin anymore? Again, it's not a license to sin, but I do think that it's important we understand all the scriptures taken together. Um, then there's this report. Christians standing at the judgment seat of Christ. Because this is the judgment seat of Christ. This is the judgment that is talked about for born again believers in Jesus Christ. Not the great white throne judgment. Which is for unbelievers. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.10 and 11 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Um, some people hear the term judgment seat and automatically associate this with judgment on sin. That is not what the Bible is talking about here. The judgment seat of Christ is a public judgment in heaven of the works that you did while on earth. It is not a judgment on sin because your sin was already dealt with at the cross, the finished work of the cross, the death and death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, his shed blood. Okay. That paid that, that sin debt. Okay. The judgment seat is a fire um, into which your earthly works for the Lord will be tried by. The unsaved of the world will appear at the great white throne judgment mentioned in Revelation 20, which uh, Revelation 20 uh looks like verse 11 and i saw a great white throne in um 
on him set it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and i saw the dead small and great stand before god and the books were open and another and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works now judge great white throne judgment that's basically where they get you know thrown into the lake of fire um there's no there's no mercy at the great white throne judgment the judgment seat of christ is totally different if some of the works you did in his name were really for your benefit uh then they are placed into the wood hay and stubble category if you if you are on earth throw wood hay or stubble all combustible materials into a fire what happens well they burn up and are never seen again there are people in that enter into ministry because it can be financially lucrative again i would question though you know their salvation a little bit i mean <laughs> i mean if that's your motivation and the love of money is the root of all evil i'm just saying i'm not i don't want to be too broad but that wouldn't be a, a really good i mean if, if you were looking to get rich you know what i mean that type of thing um one will have to imagine that most works associated with this type of christianity would fall into wood hay and stubble um this is not to say that these people are not saved only they and god know that well that is true but works done in jesus name that really serve to enrich you but again if they were really saved and they were doing this for for financial gain and they were truly saved wouldn't they be really really chastened along the way according to those verses i talked about earlier you know um again the, i don't want to judge that that's between them and god but works done in Jesus' name that really serve to enrich you will not make it through the fire of the judgment seat. So it shall be for anyone, young, old, man, woman, child, who dis truly decides to serve the Lord the best they can with the gifts that God has given them, their works for the Lord will be counted at the judgment seat as gold, silver, and precious stones that will be tried by fire. And then you, you have the parable of the talents where, you know, one is given, like, what, one talent, and he doubles it and he said good and faithful servant the master and then one's given oh no i'm sorry one's given one one's given five and one was given ten the, the the ones that were given i believe one five talents and ten talents they doubled them and they were commended because they took the talents that god had given them and they multiplied them essentially and but the person that was given one talent he just buried it and that was the one that jesus was not happy with at all okay so um and you can just read parable of the talents i, I don't have time to, to get into all that today but that that relates to this particular subject all right so their works for the lord will be counted at the judgment seat of christ as gold silver precious stones when they're tried by fire will come out on the other side shinier and more precious than they were than when they went in uh it's, it's almost like the fire will purify them Everyone from the apostles all the way down to little children who hand someone a track because they want to see them know Jesus and get saved will have rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. No matter how big your problems seem to be right now, uh, and I am sure that there are many reading this who have pressing issues and a lot of worry, let us assure you that one day the things and the cares of this life will all be gone in an instant and you will find yourself standing before the one who redeemed you, Jesus Christ. Only one life will soon pass, and only what's done for Christ will last. Yeah. There's still time to get something done for Jesus, 
still time to add gold silver and precious stones to your account get your eyes off the temporary and onto the eternal weight of glory have you been saved have you been redeemed if not and i inserted my teaching here true salvation okay it walks you right through it i think it's very very complete laden with king james scriptures so i'll give you a link to that or go to contendingfortruth.com and go to the upper right hand corner and you'll see the tab true salvation that guides you through the whole thing there um if so take the gifts and talents that the lord has given you for your glory for his glory i'm sorry and use them now while time still remains the race is almost over and the time for reckoning will soon begin do something for jesus and yeah the the night is coming when no man can work and i mean that could in today's day and age and if you live in america and it's probably going to take place as a worldwide event okay when things go dark when the illuminati the elitists gets their marching orders from satan and i do believe that they are subject to god okay but the books of revelation daniel second thessalonians matthew 24 and elsewhere they're going to be fulfilled and at some point things are going to get really rough and that is going at least in today's day and age that is going to be the night is coming when no make it work and, and it would be very like you could go from one day of being able to reach maybe thousands of people on whatever platform you might have or maybe it's not that many okay whatever to not being able to reach them at all okay and um one of the main things the enemy will try to do in the end times is and this is just a tactic of warfare is cut off all lines of communications i was listening to a video yesterday um with uh good old mike adams and he was talking to a lady that has a uh a satellite phone company and they were talking about the ability of those phones and you want you'd want to keep them in an emp proof bag they even sell the bags up there although i think they're overpriced um you would have the ability to stay in communication with at least the other person that had the satellite phone pretty much anywhere on the earth and they're, they're not cheap but they had some deals and um i haven't done that at, at this point um but it you know it's definitely something to think about regarding that because um when this goes down i don't know how much the ability to uh, communicate by cell phone will be cut off. Um, if it does come back online, will it be something where, okay, now you're going to have to have some kind of, you know, facial recognition or whatever, you know, who knows? It's just something to think about there. Taylor was just pointing out that she was so grateful that she got saved at the age of five. And um, because getting saved that young i didn't get saved personally till i was 24 um almost 25 um when you get saved she was pointing out when you get saved that young i i didn't grow up in church i, I mean my I, I my my upbringing was totally different than taylor's i i tried to make sure that i brought her up totally different than the way i was brought up i had a i had a rough not fun other than when I went to Ohio for the for my summer vacations, I, I had a rough, tumultuous 
very carnal, secular type of upbringing. It was not good. Violent, too. Very violent with my dad. Um, when Taylor got saved at the age of five, what she was saying is that, you know, you one of the advantages is in the way the gospel was presented, and I think that would be a big thing, too, is the way it was presented, was that, you know, through the Lord Jesus Christ, he came down, he sacrificed his life, the death, burial, and resurrection to save our souls. And do you and do you want to have this relationship with him? Because he loves you and he wants you to love him. And that was the thing that with Taylor, that was her primary motivating factor. It wasn't fear of, oh, I'm going to burn in hellfire. She says, but she does fear God. But it's more like, what is your primary motivator? Is it because you're in love with Jesus? Or is it because you're trying to stay out of hell? And I think that's... The people that it's going to take the most on... And by that, I mean, do you ever hear that expression? Oh, it took, you know, that whatever we did took real good. Those are the people that are going to that are gonna do the most with whatever they've been given. We, we have people in our life... Um, a lady back home named Claudia. A lady up here named Julie... I mean, they are absolutely two of the most in love people with Jesus Christ we've ever been around. I mean, they love the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you guys, they do. Okay. And their sole thing with Christianity is motivated out of love. Okay. It is motivated out of love. Doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean, I mean, they're... There's some things they're not clear on, okay? But man, they love Jesus. And they're both, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure Julie is a huge soul winner, and I know Claudia is, and um, I've been around um, Claudia. Taylor's been more around Julie, but um, very, very, very Christ-like people. From my experience... In, let's say, the worst case scenario of the hardcore, independent, fundamental, King James-only Baptist churches. The ones that really will, will, will preach on, emphasize, hell, 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 hell. Okay. And that's why people, you know, almost having that in, in you know, where they'll have that interwoven into the sermons. Now, you need to be made aware of hell, but is that your motivating factor for getting saved? Is that, or is it because you love Jesus? Because he first loved us. I hope you're getting the point I'm trying to make here. Okay, it, yes, the, the, the concept of hell is very important. The concept of the fear of God is very important. I've talked a ton about both those subjects in previous times. But I just think the most effective Christians that we have seen personally are the ones that are motivated because they so love the lord jesus christ i think that's scriptural what i just said okay or is it the most effective christians are the ones that are just so trying to stay out of hellfire well then that's works and you're saved by grace through faith not of works lest any man should boast and the, the, you're saved by grace through faith in the lord jesus christ so a lot of people, I mean, that's that's what the Catholic religion is totally based on. And they don't even believe they're going to get out of, they're going to have to go through purgatory some until they get prayed out of there. 
by other people that are here on the earth. <laughs> I mean, it's so insane. It's totally workspace. Most pseudo-Christian death cults like Catholicism are based on works. Keeping the seven sacraments, doing this, doing that. It's not about a, uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ that's anything but based out of fear. I mean, the Baltimore Catechism, I, which is like what they teach Catholics in, and I went to a Catholic high school. I mean, I saw the, I, I probably reposted the page where it shows Jesus Christ on this throne. And it's like steam's coming out of his ears almost. He's angry. He's so angry up in heaven. And Mary's there next to him trying to placate him. See, that's why they say Mary is the mediatrix. She's the mediator between you and Jesus because only the the mother of Jesus could get to could get to the son to calm him down. That's how insane what they teach is. But that relates to this subject. And if you're trusting in that, you are going to hell unfortunately because you're trusting in your own works. Keeping the seven sacraments and this and that and, and all of a sudden praying to all these devil saints that there's no Bible for any of it. And there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The Bible's very clear in that. Not Mary. Not not Saint whatever, Joseph or whoever they're praying to on a given particular day. The patron saint of this or that. And they'll go and worship his bones. They'll, they'll worship his corpse in a, in a casket somewhere. They do. They make pilgrimages to these things or they make pilgr pilgrimages to where Mary is supposedly seen. And all it is is a demonic apparition. All of that is a result of works-based pseudo-Christianity, fake Christianity. And that is more the norm than it is the exception because most people, due to pride, those types of religions appeal to them. Because they can say, look at me, I'm a good Catholic, or I'm a good Protestant, or whatever. Now, good works should follow. The Bible's very, very clear in that. Faith without works is dead. I Meaning you could say you have all the faith in the world, but then you, you, you look at your fruit, and the fruit's rotten. Well, okay, that's not a good indicator. <laughs> you should have good fruit. But you don't put the cart before the horse. The faith is is needs to be of preeminence faith in the lord jesus christ his death burial and resurrection his finished work on the cross his shed blood that's where the faith needs to be placed and the primary motivator the best motivator the highest motivator is love for the lord jesus christ to want to have a relationship with him you know that should be the i think the highest motivator for that all to happen because he first loved us you know um so i did want to touch on that though today because i do think what we just covered is super important to, to, to have that concept in our head clear uh because most religions in Christianity, and there are thousands of them. I'm not exaggerating, guys. There are thousands of sects, denominations of, quote, Christianity. A lot of them are just flat-out cults. But they call themselves Christian. And what I just, what we just talked about in this first part of this teaching 
if all people that were in those let's say the cults in particular, if all people had a comprehension of what we just talked about, a lot of them, I believe, if they had, if they, if they would ask God, give me the strength, they would flee those cults because they would realize, wow, this is all works-based. This isn't based on me loving Jesus. This is based on me fearing maybe hell it's not about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's 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 about works. It's about me doing, 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 doing. And then, still then, it's not going to probably be enough. Still then, you know. So anyway. Um, all right. So now we can actually get into the, uh, the teaching. These are just headlines regarding the persecution of Christians and the legalization uh, and protection of evil. Uh, six pro-lifers found guilty of federal felonies in Tennessee, in a Tennessee rescue. They were the ones that went to the abortion clinic. This is in Tennessee, you know, a supposed like red state and, and, you know, okay. They just sat in the hallway. And, well, they were obstructing women that wanted to kill their babies. So that is the worst crime that can take place in the universe now from a satanic standpoint. You have to understand that, right? So what is most nearest and dearest to Satan's heart? Killing little babies in the womb. Of course that is. Well, of course, this has to have the most severe punishment ever. Okay, the world is literally going demonically insane. There's more evil and wickedness going on right now than since Genesis 6, the days of Noah. But the wickedness is just, for the most part, being totally ignored and sanctioned and protected. But something like this, the world's got to end. Justice, satanic justice has to be done. Six pro-lifers found guilty of federal felonies in Tennessee rescue at, at this abortion clinic faced 10 plus years in prison. This is a miscarriage of justice, pray and precatory prayers against these sentences. Psalm 64. See, see my teaching on Psalm 64. And for a lawyer with righteous indignation to set step up for them. Yeah. Uh, you can contribute to their Give, Go, Send campaign to help his wife and the 11 children here. Oh, it's a wife and the 11 children. Um, GiveGoSend.com forward slash pro-life dad. One word, pro-life dad. And that's, I'll give you the link here in the, in the uh, PDF as well. Then, man who destroyed the satanic shrine in the Iowa Capitol charged with a hate crime. I, I talked about him in an earlier teaching. I'm surprised they just didn't execute him right there, you know? And it was literally, the thing that he destroyed was literally something that they, they like cobbled together with like garbage almost from what I saw. But no, you cannot decapitate Satan in a lobby at the state capitol. You can't do any, any, you know, anything to that. We, we want that there. Next report, United Airlines CEO is a cross-dressing freak. So yeah, United Airlines, their CEO is, is a cross-dresser. Brags about as the, the pictures are all there. I wouldn't advise you to see it, but a total sexual deviant devil freak. 
And then Virgin Atlantic Airlines paying close attention to following their DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion guidelines, and celebrating drag queens as their planes fall into dangerous disrepair. And you'll see more and more of this as people, um, you know, major on minors and minor on majors. Let's major on the things that make Satan happy and, and let's let the, the, the planes that people are flying around in fall into total disrepair. Pope Francis doubles down on homosexual blessings and says, quote, not the union, but the people are blessed. One's, one does not bless the union, but simply the people who, were, who together made the request. So he is blessing the, these, these homosexual marriages, um, the people in them, evidently. Okay, so the next report. And th this is this one, I tell you, this one warmed my heart. This one really got me, you know, got me in the heart. New Hampshire town alarmed due to the opening of a new diaper spa where grown adults wear diapers and pretend to be babies positions itself as a safe and judgment-free zone to nurture and pamper diaper lovers and enthusiasts now i hear this is really big over in japan like they sell more adult diapers than 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 the newborn kind they like to go over there and, and poop in their pants and Pee, pee in their pants and act like babies or I, I think they even do it out in public and you can go here and pay I'm sure big money to have your uh to have um beware diapers and act like a baby I mean I've heard of, of arrested development before but this is ridiculous I mean this is this is just off the scale nuts um we, the diaper spa is, we're all here to serve all diaper wearing individuals who seek acceptance, respite. I love that word, respite. And care. We embrace 21 plus year old individuals from all races, genders, sexual persuasions and preferences. We celebrate the genuine you. We are LQBTQIA plus friendly and affirming. Oh, I bet you are, you sick bunch of deviants. We are trauma informed. Only guests over 21 can consent and receive our very elite one-on-one -on -one care, according to its website. Imagine a safe and judgment-free session where you can openly express yourself and partake of your favorite activities, meals, snacks, and nurturing. Activities range from playtime, story time, nap time, cuddle time, changing time... Oh, that's where, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I guarantee you these sick freak weirdos, can you imagine wanting to put on a diaper as an adult and have somebody change your diety? Because that's probably the primary motivator of this. Going number one and number two in a diaper and having as, as an adult and then uh-oh, it's changing time. What do we have here? I can't imagine how demon-possessed you would have to be to what? To go and do this. I mean, but hey, 
This is the new normal. And they're in a judgment-free zone. How dare anyone judge them for such puritanical actions? More luxurious service, uh, services include hypno-regression. Oh, good. So you can get good and demon-infested. Yoga. Get more demon-infested. Massage, makeovers, and even piggy paint. In the summer, you can play with your water wings and floaties poolside, picnic under the tree with your teddy bear, play marbles on the patio, and swing on the front porch. <laughs> I can't read anymore. Anyway. I, I, I just couldn't not cover that today. I just... You know, I wanted people to understand, you know, where we're heading. And I think that's a good indicator, that, that report. So let's get back to more brass tacks. 12 states sound the alarm. Globalist banks are conspiring with the United Nations to wipe out U.S. farms and food production. The CIA chief says U.S. US is no longer a dominant power. Chicken plant fire in Texas, more food sabotage, U.S. debt spiral. Uh, in surprising turn of events, the CIA chief, William Burns, published an op-ed in the Foreign Affairs magazine that aligns with Mike Adams' statement made yesterday about the world no longer being afraid of the U.S. empire. Burns states that the United States no longer enjoys uncontested primacy, making it clear that the country is no longer the dominant power in the world, not just militarily and economically, but also as a naval power. And I keep seeing that trend over and over and over that we're becoming more and more in, in America just a, you know, a joke. A massive fire at the Fe Feather Crest Farms in Texas raises suspicions of more food sabotage as multiple chicken houses burn down, leading to a loss of life for many chickens. This adds to the ongoing concerns about our safety of our food supply chain, as well as the need for individuals to secure their own food supply through means such as growing their own food, or having backup plans in place. There's another thing that is going on that is becoming evidently a huge trend. That guy, David Pilates, that does uh, Missing 411, he's got a whole section on it, on all the missing, the, the truckers, the guys that drive the semis, they're just turning up missing. Like they'll find their truck on the side of the road and they're gone. Happening all the time now. Well, that would be another way to affect the supply chain. I mean, that problem that I just said is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Where are they going? Nobody knows. I mean, God knows, but... Then, Nassim Tlaib, author of The Black Swan, warns that the U.S. is facing a death spiral of swelling debt and only a miracle can reverse the problem. The absolute level of U.S. public debt is now at a scary number, with the federal debt topping $34 trillion for the first time in history impacting an average family member of three with the debt of approximately 102,000 per family. That's how much, yeah, un, and this is even worse, unfunded liabilities stand at um, 212 trillion, which is 631,000 per citizen. <laughs> I mean, hey. Only 631000 Did you guys know you were in debt that much? Per citizen. And that's on top of the 102000 per family. So just round it up to 700000 per citizen. You know? Making it clear that the U.S. government is heading toward a collapse that will affect all aspects of life and society. Then, 12 Republican state agricultural commissions have penned a letter to six U.S. megabanks informing them that pushing for the ESG 
which is basically like it supports woke social justice and climate change this esg esg investing may lead to food price increases and impact on food availability it would be like saying oh we're going to invest only in like solar farms and in carbon capture things that kind of investing which is total insanity um they criticized the bank's membership in the united nations organization called the net zero banking alliance or nzba which aims to finance ambitious climate action potentially harming american farms and ranching operations by promoting an agenda that prioritizes wind turbines and solar panels over energy sources such as diesel fuel as these issues continue to unfold it is clear that the united states and other countries around the world are facing unprecedented challenges in terms of food security economic stability and political power dynamics it is crucial for individuals to stay informed and proactive in securing their own well-being by making smart choices about where they invest their money how they manage their finances and what kinds of actions they take to ensure their own personal safety and security in an increasingly volatile and uncertain world yeah i would agree uh, along the same lines, um, as Chinese purchases of U.S. farmland soar, it's becoming impossible to track how much it actually owns. China's buying up just gigantic swaths. Foreign ownership of U.S. cropland is, is drawing attention from Washington as concerns rise about possible threats to the food supply chains, even though they're letting it all happen and other national security risks. The topic of China ownership of U.S. farmlands is starting to boil over six months after we reported that a bipartisan bill aims to block Chinese purchases of our U.S. farmland. More are starting to pay attention, even as Bloomberg notes that America is seeing more and more of its most fertile land snapped up by China and other foreign buyers. The big problem remains, it's difficult to know just how much farmland China has bought due to the problem with how the U.S. tracks such data. As a result, foreign ownership of the U.S. cropland is, is drawing attention from Washington as concerns rise about possible threats to the food supply chains and other national security risks. And as we reported last summer, lawmakers have called for a crackdown on sales of farmland to China and other nations. Probably nothing will come of it, but yeah, they're going to act all big and bad and beat their chests and while well, nothing gets done. And here's a here's a map, and it's foreign-held agriculture, agriculture land by state. It's from the USDA foreign holdings of the u.s agricultural land through um and it says texas has the most foreign held land at 4.7 million acres and it has all these other and china's holding the most land in all the southern and western border states that's where it's holding the majority of land probably because that's where they're coming over the border right now and they already they want to have all of their enclaves in their their land where they can bring all their chinese communist party military age men troops that are pouring over the border and have a staging area for them to be able to do all the fun stuff they're planning foreign investors own three 37.6 million acres of u.s agricultural land which is 2.9% of all privately held agricultural land and 1.7% of all U.S. land. Without improving its internal processes, the USDA cannot report reliable information to Congress or the public about where and how much U.S. agricultural land is held by foreign persons, the report said. Then, 
Bill Gates set up 20 shell companies to hide the purchase of $113 million, million of Nebraska farmland. And that's just in Nebraska. The limited liability companies buried under layers of business names, overlapping employees and addresses in at least three states form a network more tangled and opaque than the one created by the Mormons, which is buying a giant amount of Nebraska land. At a... A glance at federal records shows the series of Nebraska farmlands listed as foreign-owned, uh, though there is no country attached and no hint that these farms with unassuming names might be related. Um, Willowdale Farms, Merrick Farms, that goes through all these farms, and many more concentrated in the northeast of Nebraska but spread to the southeast corner and nearly to Wyoming. In Nebraska's business records, they have one similarity. Each farm's office address leads to a single-story brick building in St. Louis suburbs, an office park housing a dentist, lawyers, and until recently a farmland investment startup called Agco. For years, Agco was owned by Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board and a government-owned group managing the retirement funds of 21 million Canadians. But in 2017, the Canadian board decided to offload a half-billion-dollar chunk of its American farmland po portfolio. Um, the buyers of those unassuming-sounding Nebraska farms weren't listed until now. The financial details of the transaction and gargantuan loan he's taken out against it have remained publicly unknown. But, but we do have the buyer's name now. It's Bill Gates. The billionaire who co-founded Microsoft has, in the past six years, spent more than $113 million buying Nebraska farmland. I don't know what's worse, him buying the farmland or the Chinese and all the other foreigners, you know? Gates himself recently, of course, they're all working together, I'm sure. Gates himself recently publicly reinforced the idea that his farmland purchases are investments. He said, quote, the decision to buy this land was made by people who can help manage my money so that we get a good return so that the foundation can buy more vaccines. Yeah, you heard that right. That's why, well, it's, at least that's the lame reason he's given. So he can buy more satanic DNA defiling vaccines. This guy's going to burn in white hot hellfire so hot, I can't even imagine. Gates doesn't simply receive rent checks from his Nebraska farmland. He's also using it to borrow staggering sums of money. Like the guy doesn't have any money. He's got to borrow money. Three days before Christmas 2021, Mount Edna Farms filed paperwork with Dawson County, clearing the path to use part of Gates' land as collateral. Gates LLC then took out two loans against the Nebraska farmland. The total of these two loans was only $700 million. Gates land ownership in Nebraska includes the valuable water beneath that land as well. He has access to 191 existing wells, which add to the value of the land for farmers and investors alike by providing crop irrigation. Gaining access to groundwater is often a priority for potential farm buyers, farmland buyers, if you own land in Nebraska, you have the possibility of accessing the underlying groundwater, but natural resource districts regulate how it's used. If you buy land in Nebraska without a well, there's no guarantee your local NRD will grant a permit to dig one. But if the land already has a well, like I'm sure Bill Gates' lands that he bought, the NRD has likely already certified it's used. So the landowner, be it Bill Gates or whoever, can continue to use that water so long as it 
follows existing rules. So in other words, they would be highly motivated to go to Bill Gates if they start restricting water use because he's already got land that already that already has well grants permitted essentially. So some people may be forced into that position where they'd want to buy a tract of land and say, okay, we'll just put a well on it. And they say, oh no, you can't do that. So now you got to go do build, uh, business with Satan, Bill Gates. That's the point they're trying to make there at the end. Okay, so a listener sent this in, um, The Planned Destruction of America. Uh, his name's Lee. He said, Henry Kissinger once said or wrote that the only thing standing in the way of the New World Order is a strong America. Yeah, I talked about that before. He also wrote an article in 1972 or 73 stating that the best way to achieve population reduction was via the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> Look at the kill shots. Look at the medical pharma cartels. You know? Uh, lastly, here's an excerpt from Dr. John Cole's book written in 1992 regarding the Committee of 300. Quote, the United States will be flooded by peoples of alien cultures. Okay, now this was written in 1992. Okay, so again, like over 30 years ago. The United States will be flooded by people of alien cultures. Like now? Yeah. Who will eventually overwhelm white America? People will have no concept of what the United States Constitution stands for and who will, in consequence, do nothing to defend it. And in whose mind the concept of liberty and justice is so weak as to matter little. Taylor was just out, just running errands today. And she basically uh, told me that our the, the main town in my area, Hickory, North Carolina, is absolutely overrun now with illegals now we're in like the foothills to the mountains of north carolina one of the things that uh, one of the reasons that is the case though here why i think we we might have more than other places is that we're right on i-40 and they're using the major interstates to inject the poison further as michael yawn talks about to bring these uh to bust them in as far as they can or, or, or far into the United States so that the poison will be injected further. And what were you saying today, Taylor, like that, that you better, you know, like you were places where you better know like Spanish is your second language or whatever, essentially. She was in one store and it was all, all she heard was Spanish from multiple different people. She didn't even hear English. And we're not like a border town on it in Texas or even in Texas. We're we're far away, you know, North Carolina. Um Okay, so here are some more insane current event headlines. Forty one banks closing during one week of, of January, just this last month, a symptom of something deadly and dangerous um ahead. All out full blown collapse will leave the American people despairing and dying. Then food prices to skyrocket in twenty twenty four as if they haven't already. From cattle shortages to recalls to another meat farm on fire. And we just talked about that other farm a little bit. Um, multiple food categories will see massive price hikes in the coming months. Then drone footage of massive illegal uh, alien city in New York City shows how our country is being conquered and invaded. Then the gleeful Zionist agenda to destroy the white people. The white race. If you want to read more about that. And it, and it is, I, I do think they are the chief ones behind it, and they do have bragged about it, and I have played the quote straight from the high-level Zionists that tend to dominate politics and uh, Hollywood and you name it, 
they pretty much dominate it. And this isn't anti-Semitic, it's just a fact, okay? <laughs> I've always tried to be very balanced when talking about the Israelite or the Jewish people. Um, but, yeah, they, they want to see, particularly the white races, wiped off the maps. And they've been very, very clear about that. Uh, then, Michigan City is on the edge as Wall Street Journal article brands it America's Jihad Capital with cops deployed to guard mosques and locals fearing Islamophobic revenge attacks. Yeah, Islam's taken over in a lot of these places. And then Muslim mob kidnaps a dozen Christian children from their school bus. Uh, they're suspected murder. This is Jihad, the same Jihad against Israel, Europe, America, and West. But there's no media, no outrage, no protests, no UN Security Council meetings, no Democrats, and no Biden. Nothing. It's fine. This happened in Africa, and all these Christian children are suspected all dead, and they do this all the time. There's there's no coverage of any of that. It's it's not no newsworthy. If it was like the other way around, where it was a dozen um, Muslim children on a school bus and evil white Christians, uh, the, if they're white especially, uh, kidnapped them for some reason. Oh, it would it would never ever you never see it out of the end of the news. But see that doesn't happen. Because a true Christian's not going to do that. But a Muslim, it's just baked into their evil, wicked religion. You know? Just baked into it. It's, it's what the Quran tells them to do. Kill the infidels. Behead them. Destroy them. Subjugate them. Kill the Jews. Kill the white people. You know? Kill um, kill the Americans. The great Satan. Kill any infidel, which is a non-believer in Islam. The Quran's very clear on that. I've given you the quotes before. Straight from it. Straight from the Quran. Then, America. Um, Americans have no idea how bad things really are. Denver police at an airport, off the record, says, quote, the media will not tell you this. We've arrested uh, over 50 Al-Qaeda members in the last two months. Muslims. Okay, so this guy looks to be a truck driver, and he's going to tell you the interaction he just had with a... Uh, I guess the police in Denver. A Denver police officer at the airport. And we were talking about the crime that's going on, not only in Denver, but our country. And he says, the media will not tell you this. I'm not even supposed to talk about this, but I don't care anymore. We've arrested the Denver police in Denver has arrested over 50 Al-Qaeda members in the last two months. So hardcore, radical Muslims that want to kill all the infidels. All the non-believers in Islam. And that's just in Denver. And that's just the ones they got. 50. Okay. So, with that said, we started talking about everything else. And, and we started talking about where the budget's going and how they don't have enough police cars. They're going to be putting them on foot. We started talking about... <laughs> Poli policemen on foot. Because they don't have enough police cars. That, that, evidently, that's where we've gotten to migrants that have been coming over the border and how they're cutting the police budget in all major cities including denver and then we started talking about how there's sleeper cells all over colorado and again that i know i've said this before but it was like 2001 first time i ever spoke in a, in a christian church independent fundamental new new testament baptist in north fort myers florida that's what I spoke on. The Muslim sleeper cells and their ability to wage biological warfare on us and all the different ways they could do that because 
I knew back then it was a really big deal. I can't even imagine with the millions more that have poured in since that and their ability to shore up all their networks with our government in the background nodding their head and giving them their blessing because you can't mess with these Muslim enclaves. You can't mess with these sleeper cells. They generally just leave them alone because they're going to be triggered at some point, probably in the very near future, and their purpose, they're going to let them fulfill their purpose. He's talking about South Americans. He's talking about people from Central America. He's talking about people from China. He's talking about people from um, the Middle East, all over. And he says, the police know this, the state police and the local police, and they're not allowed to do a damn thing about it. So, y'all, here's my question for you. Especially. Okay. I, I think he cusses there so i'm not gonna I'm, i don't want to play anymore but um yeah so we have that all right now let's go further a warning about a potential state border closings this is also something that it's good to be aware of good morning everyone Earlier today, we discussed with an economist what they expect for the next couple of months, and the information that they had to give us was not good. It was in line with what was given to the uh, Bank of Canada, the United States government, and the Bank of the United Kingdom. This economic crisis is going to last well into the next couple of years, and it's going to be one that reverberates through multiple generations. The issue that we have is that we are also starting to see a geopolitical fallout that falls in line with it. Now, in our history, we have always seen a biological crisis followed by an economic crisis, followed by a geopol uh, geopolitical or civil or social war. Right now, Russia, China, they are vying for control. They are going to be part of what is considered a new order in our world. The United States government is doing everything that they can to reduce the Chinese and Russian influence but if you look at what we well, that's a lie from the pit of hell they're letting them pour over the border both russians and chinese are letting them buy the farmland how are they doing everything to prevent that to talk to you about today the bricks are building we are seeing country after country make changes that make the united states dollar less influential than it ever has been before first thing i want to talk to you about is a viewer write-in this write-in says, I have been in multiple mutual preparedness groups over the past 15 years. Most, most of them were compromised of former military members like myself and my brother. I've been getting calls over the last... No, I think he meant composed of former military, not compromised by former military members like myself. I, I think he meant composed of. I, I could be wrong, but days from former acquaintances within those groups with intelligence about exactly what's happening on the border. They are telling me that in the event of a hot civil conflict, states borders will immediately be shut down. Okay, this so that's that's the whole point of this video. If you start to see things go sideways and you know that type of thing, they're going to probably one of the first things they're going to do is shut down state borders. Okay, so Again, as a watchman, I think that's something important to inform my listeners of ahead of time so you have a heads up. To ensure that states ideologically aligned with each other cannot send back up to the other states. Okay, so did, let me just play that last part again just so you know why they're doing it. Civil conflict, states' borders will immediately be shut down. 
This is to ensure that states ideologically aligned with each other cannot send backup to the other states. This happens. So again, you're cutting off lines of supply lines, lines of communication, that type of stuff by, you know, you could have one state coming to the aid of another and no, no, we shut down the border. You can't go help your buddies in that state. In a state like Texas. This means wherever you are at the moment that it happens is most likely where you are going to stay. Right. A few think that there will be a 12-hour window to get to where you need to be, and this is because of logistical constraints that are held by the federal government. This is coming from inside government sources that are close to this issue. Think back to COVID, he writes in, how the states shut down their borders, but now extrapolate that to a civil conflict, and then you begin to see the picture. Just wanted to give you and the community a heads up. So absolutely, it is in the continuity of government plan of multiple states to close down the border. It's also in the continuity of government plan of the federal government to make sure that there is some sort of aligned control in the very state that you exist. Now, what it's going to look like in your area, I'll again, go back to the biological shutdowns. What it's going to look like in your area is going to largely depend on what happens to your state. If, like Florida, you are a little bit more free reign than, say, New York or Pennsylvania, you might have a little bit more freedom of motion, freedom of movement. But like this viewer writes in, and again, I can't speak on the validity of their sources, we just look for heads ups in the community. That's really what we want. Even if it's just a day window, a three day window, a six month window, we want some sort of heads up so that we can kind of gauge what's happening. So if we even take that as a heads up, we know that it's time right now to prepare for different eventualities or different. Okay, so it, it, he goes on for about another 11 minutes, but that was the main thing that I wanted you to, to be aware of regarding that. And then the next thing, this just broke today, Twitter post breaking news. Apparently this letter was given by mail to a person in Minnesota from a dialysis clinic where they're getting treatment from. Are they preparing to show the normies the truth? Now that's the person that posted it. So what is a normie? A normie it used to is used to describe a person who is easily influenced by trends and social media opinions, who tries to fit in with others by conforming in appearance, beliefs, and overall personality. Normies are seen as opposed to breaking the mold and are often considered basic or boring as opposed to breaking the mold. Okay, So somebody that's trying to fit into society and conform essentially okay um and this is from fresenius kidney care we got one of these in our town and um i remember that they, they put that in there not too long ago we just drove by it the other day from plymouth creek dialysis in michigan dear patient this was entitled uh january 31st of this year 2024 dear patient the letter included for you is to keep in case a curfew is set into place by law enforcement. A curfew could take effect for different reasons, such as weather, lockdown, or civil unrest. If you get stopped, you can show this letter as proof you are a dialysis patient needing treatment. Thank you, Fresencius Plymouth Creek. So there's a lot of indicators here that something, you know, again, I don't know how much more things could go on the way that they're going on and things not go sideways. All these illegal alien 
invaders that are pouring into our country. They're down there at Eagle Pass or whatever right now. And Michael Yan had said, made a great point. He says, do you realize that Eagle Pass is just a little speck of pepper on, on, a, on that map? There's thousands of other miles of border open and they're acting like that's the only thing that matters. And there was a guy down there I saw the other day and he was at Eagle Pass and oh yeah, it's all nice and guarded. Then he drove down the, um, the street that paralleled the border fence and he said, what's this? Half mile. The, the thing was wide open. The border was wide open there. All they have to do is walk down to that and walk in. But oh, no, no, you're only going to see the, the, where they've got it guarded now at Eagle Pass or whatever. It's a dog and pony show. It's, it's just a facade. And then he, he drove down more and there was another open one. I don't know, one of them, I think, was chained, but there's all kind of open ones. They could get in easy. They're being, they were told to come here by Biden. He said, what, rush the border. It was part of his campaign. First thing I would do is tell all the illegals to rush the border. And a country without borders is not a country. Okay. Uh, then, Biden regime expanding the intrusive facial recognition scans to all 430 federalized airports. So just another heads up for you all. I haven't, I haven't got on a plane since I uh, went to go see that Colonel Colonel uh, Greg uh, Rinchich, Colonel SC, the one that does all the Netflix interviews. I spent five days. I haven't been on a plane since then. And that was 2007, 2008. And this is an, I, I knew this was, all this has been building. Um, Joe Biden's Transportation Security Administration is moving forward with plans to expand facial recognition technology at 430 U.S. airports, despite the fact that a bill has been introduced with bipartisan support calling for the government to end the invasive policy of stealing the biometric data of millions of airport passengers. Well, they got to have their little right-left paradigm and their little facade of whatever. The TSA announced it will install enhanced credential <coughs> excuse me, um, authentication technology or CAT devices at the airports an upgrade from previous units used in pilot programs at nearly 30 U.S. airports. They were beta testing this, in other words, in 30 U.S. airports. The TSA uses facial recognition algorithms developed by top performing vendors, the agency says in its press release. Uh, this is a system powered by artificial intelligence. Oh, good. Uh, in the press release, TSA makes it sound like it is willing to jump through any hoop to protect passengers' privacy when we know this is a outright lie. In another document, Homeland Security under the TSA is a uh, sub-agency, admits they are collecting personal identifiable data on people at airports. The latest CAT scanners, C-A-T, not, not a CAT scan like at a hospital, but these CAT scanners they have at the uh, airports, they're known as CAT-2 units. Okay, incorporate facial recognition technology by capturing real-time pictures of travelers and comparing them against their photo ID. And there's a little there's a little uh, picture here how U U.S. airports use facial recognition. If you want to see that, it's in the PDF that I'm posting. As of now, participation in the facial recognition screenings is supposedly optional for travelers who could choose to stick with the standard physical ID verification process, but there have been countless first-hand accounts from airport passengers who have indicated they were not given any option by TSA to reject the face scans. So just so you know, the CAT-2 scanner uh, 
units utilize a one-on-one -on -one verification comparing photos against their government-issued identification. They say they delete the images from their system soon after taking them. Yeah, right. Who, who are they fooling? We know they keep the data for a very long time, if not indefinitely. Okay, continuing on, the WHO's World Health Organization's Dr. Devil Tedros, who is the main guy there, blasts fake news lies and conspiracy theories about the pandemic treaty coming up in May, which, we, which I've had added onto the prayer list. He says, quote, we cannot allow this historic agreement, this milestone in global death, I mean health, to be sabotaged by those who spread lies either deliberately or unknowingly. No, I only spread spread truth, you fork-tongued devil. That's what I spread. Truth. You're the one that spread lies. Because you are your father, the devil. He was the father of lies. The WHO Director General Tedros recently rebuked the claims surrounding the highly touted pandemic treaty coming, which would effectively give certain health ordinances to the control of the Director General and the WHO should they declare a, a scamdemic for any reason. The fork-tongued lion Luciferian Dr. Tedros claims this is just simply nonsense. He frustratingly remarked during a meeting on January 22nd, the topic of the discussion covered, quote, strengthening pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. Tedros claimed that this is our chance. Maybe this is our only chance to get this done because we have the momentum. He added, member states have committed to the historic task of delivering a pandemic agreement and package amendments to improve the international health regulations to the World Assembly in May of this year. We're going to talk about that a little bit more at the end. Tedros also emphasized getting this treaty ratified last month during the annual World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland, warning that, quote, when and not if a new pandemic strikes. Yeah, because they've got another scamdemic, you know, all in the works. They probably want to have this in place, though, before they pull the trigger on their next scamdemic. I mean, think about it. Um, and thus urged that an updated accords get signed. And then you can see this report. Who, the WHO head Tedros says the new global pandemic is a matter of when and not if at World Economic Forum. Um, then, but this international effort has been hit with rifts of criticism and apprehension something that the lying Tedros blasted in his speech, disavowing the notion that the pandemic accord amendments give the WHO overwhelming powers during a health emergency. He's a total liar. Okay, that's all he does is lie like a rug. Though, through, uh, though Tedros says these allegations are fake news, the text of the updated pandemic treaty seemed to, be clearly, to clearly articulate that the WHO will receive a tremendous upgrade in power and authority. The wine press, which is the... the uh, christian outlet that put this out dissected these amendments almost a year ago to date and there's a link to that if you want to see that one of the explicit amendments spelled out in the treaty reads quote states parties recognize the who as the guidance and coordinating authority of the international public health response during a public health emergency of international concern and undertake to follow the WHO's recommendations in their international public health response. Meaning, whatever the WHO says in their next scandemic, you do. So now we're under this global, essential governmental organization that can do all of these things that I'm going to list off to you right now. Recommendations issued by the WHO to state parties with respect to persons may include the following. 
it will re it it may require medical examinations okay so they're gonna say oh they're gonna examine me medically it may require that meaning they can do it they can force it on you then review proof of vaccination or other prophylaxis proof of vaccination oh yeah really Requ uh require vaccination or other prophylaxis oh so that means vaccination by gunpoint that's what i warned about in my 2006 14 city tour on the avion flu i said this is where they want to bring it to ultimately their goal with vaccination is vaccination by gunpoint that's what they've already beta tested and done in africa and i did my report uh, I did my 14-city tour, 130 to 40 PowerPoint presentation slides in 2006, and it was old news then that they already had vaccination by gunpoint in Africa, probably in multiple countries in Africa. And I gave you all the proof. You can go up to the internet right now and, and just key in Dr. Scott Johnson, Avion Flu, and you'll probably find the, it's still up there. They're slowly but surely uh taking off different parts of my of of my teachings up there i get i get informed every once in a while by youtube oh we had to take this one down we had to take this one down it violates this or violates that. whatever whatever you can still get it from the prophecy club the the dvd um but i don't i don't i don't adhere to the guy they had at the start that ted guy that pro prophet false prophet guy or the stuff that stan was getting into at the end i just my my presentation is autonomous. It's I don't I'm not yoked up with them. Anyway, so they can also place suspect persons under public health observation. Oh, that means quarantine. That means they can force quarantine you. Implement quarantine or other health measures or measures for suspect persons. Implement isolation and treatment where necessary of affected persons. Implement uh, contact tracing a suspect or that means oh your phone got too close to that guy's phone. Oh, we can we can quarantine him too. This is all the stuff I was warning and screaming about that they were trying. They were beta testing. COVID-19 was literally a beta test to see how much they could get away with, see what they had to overcome. The next thing coming down the road is going to be the real deal, actually. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't real what they were doing. It was horrible. But they're really going to try to put the boot across our throat with this next one. I mean, I'm sorry, but I think, I mean, it's the handwriting's on the wall. I don't need to be mean to be Johnny Raincloud. I'm just telling you, this is what they're saying. And they feel like they're running out of time to implement this because people are waking up. And this is, again, why educate others. Pray about it. Fast about it if, if you need to. Prepare. Whatever, however God's leading you. You know? Uh, refuse entry of suspect or affected persons. Oh, you can't go to the grocery store now anymore. You don't have your vaccination status. Uh, you should be quarantined. We're going to take you away in our, in our paddy wagon. Our little uh, who, our little who um, paddy wagon, and we're gonna disappear you, like they do, like they do to the homeless. Refuse uh, entry of unaffected persons to affected areas. Oh, okay. So even if you're unaffected, we refuse you you entry too. Well, you you're not vaccinated. Oh, okay. Well, implement exit screening or restrictions on persons from affected areas. This is. An absolute 100% George Orwellian, Brave New World, 1984 police state. Police, medical, pharma, cartel, police state that they're describing here. This is as, as bad as, it's, as, 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 as it would get.
The only thing they didn't list in here is execute, the which they will which they will probably do. Behind closed doors. I mean, weren't they doing that before when they were putting them on ventilators and giving them all like remdesivir and all that other crap? They were doing the same thing. They were executing people. The treaty would also grant the WHO added abilities to tackle all forms of mis- and disinformation. What, like execution? Let's just, I like to bring things to their worst possible, most logical conclusion. Because you know that's what they would want to do to somebody like me or any or my listeners. Anybody that would dare spread truth and not push their lies. They would grant the WHO added abilities to tackle all forms of misinformation and disinformation. According to Satan, they would determine what that is. And that would mean truth. You put out truth you're going down. In short, David Bell for the Brownstone Institute, after carefully examining the text of the treaty, wrote last year, the amendments of the IHR are intended to fundamentally change the relationship between individuals, their country's governments, and the WHO. They place the WHO as having rights overriding that of individuals, erasing the basic principles developed after World War II regarding human rights and the sovereignty of states. I mean, Constitution, Bill of Rights, any kind of local whatever, any kind of state laws, that's all out the door. The WHO pandemic, scamdemic treaty will override all that and it will be an absolute George Orwellian police state. That's what it will be. Um, in doing so, they signal a return to a colonist uh, and feudalist approach fundamentally different to that which the people in relatively democratic countries have become accustomed the lack of major pushback by politicians and the lack of concern in the media and because they're all in on it and consequent ignorance of the general public is therefore both strange and alarming that's the way they want it it is a totalitarian approach to society within which individuals may act only on the sufferance of others who wield power outside of legal sanction specifically a feudal relationship or one of monarch and subject, or or slaveholder and slave, really, without an intervening constitution. It is difficult to imagine a greater issue facing society. Yet the media that is calling for reparations for past slavery is silent on a proposed international agreement consistent with its reimposition. Meaning they want to re they want to re uh, institute slavery this is what this would be we would be slaves we would be the subjects the slaves to the kingly monarchy meaning the who that could do whatever they want to us for for whatever reason and impose whatever thing they want to put on us for whatever reason we'd have no rights at all that's what those things i just read you mean it is a totalitarian approach to society with, within which individuals may act only on the sufferance of others and willpower outside of legal sanctions, specifically a feudal relationship. Um, sorry, I read that part. Uh, if these amendments are, are accepted, the people taking control over the lives of others will have no real legal oversight. No, they'll have total autonomy over all the subjects. Now, Taylor brought up a point, and, and, I, and I agree 
it's not like there's going to be everybody's just going to lay down to this and do whatever they they say but this is what they're saying they're going to do now again if they can coordinate this with they brought in all these marauders all these invaders bringing all their diseases all their drug culture child sex trafficking all their false religions the centimorality death cult all their hatred of america all their like with chinese they they're fighting for the for the chinese government the russians fighting for the russians they've let the prisons the worst of the worst out of the prisons in uh south and central america they're going to use all those demons now i'm not saying all of them are demons but a lot of them are demons in human form essentially to do their bidding can you imagine then if they if they at the same time they pull the trigger on some other scamdemic and then then we have world war war three on top of it it's called order out of chaos the 33rd degree freemasonic motto order ob cow in latin shock and awe problem reaction solution that and that is what will usher in most likely world war three then can you imagine if we had like some kind of fake alien invasion on top of it on top of all that and they've come here to save the day with trump and kennedy and roseanne barr and alex jones and mike adams and the patriot movement and and the, and the uh freedom doctors Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn praying to Michael the Archangel. JFK Jr., they, they say, who they'll resurrect from the dead. Coming back to save the day, they'll be the good guys. Then that would most likely be more toward the end of that whole scenario, where people will be at maximum desperation. Because I think you could see in this in this little scenario, they could create a lot of desperation in people. They would try to make America and Europe and these places where they're really going to focus in on the most hellish existences that you can possibly imagine in order to get their way so that we will want to be compliant. And you will have to, I truly believe, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing that right now, just totally rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. I do think you should prepare, you know, The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hide himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I mean, we're seeing we're, we're foreseeing a lot of evil here. It's been building for many, many years. I've been basically talking about this since I've been in ministry. Some type of scenario that we've been building to like this. It's honestly years. I thought this would have happened years ago, but God's been merciful and we're on his timeline, not the devil's. This ends by saying the people who will become subject to these powers and the politicians who are on track to cede them should start paying attention. We must all decide whether we wish to cede so easily what has taken centuries to gain to assuage the greed of others. And this is why I have in the prayer, um, the, the part one prayer, There's and I, 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 po I posted that part here. Father God in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for you to expose and destroy the Great Reset Agenda worldwide designed to bring in the new world order and for god to expose and destroy the pandemic vaccine agenda worldwide 
and all of its big brother aspects like DNA defiling, graphene oxide filled, parasite ridden, nanotech laden vaccinations from Pfizer, Moderna, Janssen, Johnson & Johnson, BioNTech, AstraZeneca, and others. And for the stoppage of all digital health passports and for God's judgment on for God's judgment and destruction to be on the vaccine and medical cartels perpetuating this evil and for them to be exposed and destroyed and for God to stop the May 24th, 2024 WHO pandemic treaty that we just talked about. Because, man, that goes through and they're desperate. They're really desperate to get it through. Uh, I, as, as I, I'm pretty sure you can see there. Okay, so I just looked ahead, and I, the next part is too large to fit into the rest of this. So uh, God bless you, and we will see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C O N. T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.